We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And not with me today is, again, our producer, co-founder, Brian Goins. He's, uh, he's doing work stuff and wedding stuff. Brian's wedding is approaching. So uh, Brian's, Brian's a little busy. But we're holding down the fort. And with me today is our professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. Yep. Again, back again. Alex holding it down for us, man. Alex, Alex sets the usage up. Honestly, like Westbrook, man. You're 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 getting to yeah. Russ esque usage. Uh, we had to trade Capella to get me so, so you know <laughs> some better looks. Who's Capella? Is it Alf? Alf's a little better than Capella. Alf's definitely Capella. <laughs> Alf, you've been reduced to click Capella. Uh, and the other voice that you're about to hear is a friend of the show. Hasn't been on in a while. Of the Light Years podcast on our Blue Wire family, Sam Isfindiari. Welcome to the program again, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? It's been a while, man. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. I feel like last time we potted, um, I don't know, the Warriors had Kevin Durant. Um, they did before, before your co-host ran him out of town. Yeah, exactly. Before we ran him out of town. Actually, no, that's all Andy. I had nothing to do with that. It was all Andy. Listen, you know, before, before when Sam came on with us, it was it was a little different. He didn't even have a podcast. Then. Now he's on Ethan Strauss's show. He's friends with big wigs. I mean, times have changed. <laughs> Sam's a big deal. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> I appreciate that. Got to, you know, I, I guess people like listening to me. Maybe not. Your, your listeners will definitely hate listening to me. They'll like, That's you know, like, my goal. I want them. I want to see if I can get you as many zero, zero star reviews as possible. <laughs> Let me tell you something like he Twitter, I think appreciates Warriors Twitter because we see a little bit of ourselves in it. It's like the 2019, you know, like kind of more PC version of Heat Twitter, like w- that was allowed to exist back then. Like you guys, you guys have that same energy, and I think fans appreciate that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think anyone who's around for like 2010 or 2012 Twitter knows nothing that was said back then flies anymore. Nothing's <laughs> um, allowed anymore. 
but but you're right actually i think there are a lot of similarities i'd love to get into that because it's kind of i think both both fan bases well both teams love to talk about their culture i yeah. i feel like you guys pioneered the culture thing at we least propagated, pioneered yeah. brand branding culture like the, the heat culture pat riley he was the first one who would like to my memory would talk about that publicly as like a thing and then since then now you have like I mean, I think the Celtics and the uh, Spurs and others try to do it, but the Warriors love to talk about their culture. They're planning to culture Andrew Wiggins into an all-star. <laughs> the Heat fans were but, doing that uh, too, yeah. though. <laughs> we were like, let's get, let's get Andrew. We'll fix him. Yeah, exactly. And then you got the, uh, the second similarity. I mean, we both obviously had, um, you know, all-time wing superstars just come and kind of use the culture to win their rings and leave. So, you know, it's there are kind of similarities there. You can even take it to Wade and Steph, you know, kind of the the homegrown superstar who's infallible in their various communities, the ones who really made the place his basketball town. I, I like it. I think there are a lot of similarities. Like, and, and the way that they came together, like fans just didn't like it and they felt it was unfair, right? Like right. In the backlash and it was kind of a, an us against the world mentality in the fan bases. Yeah, well, so that's where it differs. I don't think anything will touch the uh, no, the vitriol yeah. the Heat got. Um, but the the war the the vitriol the Warriors got was like a different type. I think it was a little like they're good without him. They don't need him. And I'm like, it, what I always thought was funny is like the Miami Heat had Dwayne Wade in a completely open payroll. If they didn't get LeBron, they would have still had a title caliber roster. They would have figured out a way to have a title caliber roster around Wade. Yeah, that Bosch um, had signed. Bosch yeah. and Dwayne had signed the Alex. You remember this? Bosch and Dwayne signed together, and they all had planned to come together. But Dwayne and Bosch said we weren't sure that LeBron was going to pick us. Do I remember this? I remember a point. Uh, so I was younger at this point. I was just getting into high school, and I was like, you know what? Let LeBron sign with the Bulls. We got Wade and Bosch. Let's 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 hash this out. And then <laughs> were you Team Carlos Boozer or were you Team Chris Bosch? I was Team Amari no, Stoudemire. I was Team Amari. I, I was, was always Amari. Amari guy. Always. I didn't want Bosch. Me neither, man. Bad. 2010 Amari. That was that was something. That pick and roll of him and Dwayne. Fantasizing Look, man, about that. I'm glad high school me wasn't in charge because Amari would not have worked out the way Chris Bosch did. Could you imagine, <laughs> Sam, could you imagine if they got Amari instead? Uh, you'd have had about a year, year and a half before it all blew up. I loved Amari. Phoenix me Amari. Too. Oh, my God. That guy was amazing. Just kind of a shame, you know. Some guys' careers get cut short. I mean, I guess it happened with Chris Bosch too, in a different way. Um, yeah. Well, this this took this took a dark turn. Yeah, anyway. this took a real dark turn. Um, I mean, like, and even and, and to kind of pivot to where we really wanted to take the show today. Like, I think that Heat team had like a lot of savvy vets that kind of were at the end of their career, like winning, like you know, former All Stars or whatever, like winning rings, like Ray Allen or whatever. And the Heat got what the Warriors had in Andre Iguodala, thirty six years old, and. I really wanted to have you on because I don't know anybody else that would be able to kind of give Heat fans insight as to what the hell Andre is going to provide for them. Like, I think yesterday, what did he have? Two points, but he was plus 25. And I feel like that's going to be the experience. That's the peak Andre game. That's peak Andre game. Quick hands. You know what I mean? I mean, so so the thing with Andre Godala, there are maybe three, four players in the NBA who are as smart as him. Um, And that would be like, I don't know, like LeBron James, Chris Paul, Draymond Green. Kyle I'm not Lowry. talking about like skills. Yeah, I'm not talking about skill set. Yeah, maybe Lowry. But I'm talking <laughs> about guys who literally just sees everything two plays ahead. One of the best stats um, that showed that is like no Steph and Clay's shooting percentages went through the roof when Andre was on the floor. Bob Myers used to always talk about how he'd amplify everyone. And he'd do it in ways where he wouldn't always get the assist. You'll see like a, he'll, he'll finish a game with five points, three assists, four rebounds and plus 20, you know? And it's because he doesn't care about his stats. He's always making, it's like the same thing Shane Battier got famous for, but on a much higher level where he's making the extra pass, up, you know, a split second early, that extra pass leads to another pass. And next thing you know, Steph Curry's wide open. And everyone's like, how the hell did he get wide open? Well, it's because they can move the ball faster than everyone. So. I don't, you know, obviously the Heat's construction is different than the Warriors. You don't have uh, the two best shooters of all time on your team, but I don't really think that matters. Disagree. Andre's been this way. His, 
I don't know. Yeah, I guess Duncan Duncan Robinson's pretty We're nice. getting there, pretty man. Bad. Baby but, uh, Steph and Jay Crowder. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Jay I don't know if you ever listen to Warrior broadcasts. Um, Fitz has a little bit of a reputation for uh, his non sequiturs and just kind of being the homer. And he loves anytime a guy who doesn't shoot a high percentage, he gets super condescending about it. Oh, I guess Jay Crowder is not going to miss tonight. So we got like 40 of those calls last night. That's amazing. Um, but back to, uh, back to Iguodala. I mean, he's just a winning player. He was Steve Kerr's favorite player. Um, Steve Kerr always called him a coach on the floor. I'm not surprised he went to Miami. He's, he's one of those players who really does value culture coaching. And like, the only teams I could see him going to were literally like Miami, San Antonio, maybe Boston. Um, I'm probably leaving a couple at, you know, maybe a Toronto, a teams that have like a clear team identity. It's not just a construct of like, this is, um, you know, this is, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis and everyone else stand on the perimeter or, you know, this is James Harden and Russell Westbrook and everyone just stand around him. Like he's not down for that kind of basketball. He's down for the team, the team style. You know, like something that I'm really excited to see is, and Alex, we saw a little bit of this when, when Dwayne came back, even in his old days, that they see plays materialize like way before they happen. And even though Dwayne wasn't the same defender he was, like late in games, you could see him blowing up plays because he, he recognized the coverage. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff that I think Sam is referencing here. It's talking, you know, like seeing the, the play before it happens and just getting in the passing lanes. But yeah, I think Godala, we're already seeing that. And as far as uh, swinging out to the open guy, like <laughs> a lot of these guys have been getting a lot of open shots since he came over here already. I, I think like he, he's slotting right into that plus minus God position that is open with Justice gone. Oh my God, the Justice. Yeah, I was, a, I was a little bummed. Uh, what's it? Tyler Hero, you know, he's out hurt. How long is he out for? Well, he's not he's not playing in the Rising Stars Challenge, so that's like I don't even know what that means. It's an ankle problem, and they're probably you know well he's uh he's Stephen Carnett. He already has an ankle problem. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> there you go. He's gone. They're but gonna trade him. <laughs> I was excited to see him just because I hadn't seen him in person last night. Um, but he's one of those guys who I'm like, I mean, he can create his own shot. He can obviously shoot the ball and do a bunch of stuff. Now adding a player like Andre, who's just always two plays ahead in terms of his passing, his vision, everything. It's going to be the type of thing that makes everything easier for him. Um, obviously, we didn't get to see it, but long term, I think I think that's another benefit you can get. I mean, I don't need to go into the defense. You can see he didn't play all year, and it didn't matter. He's still Andre Vidala. You know, the, the, uh, the only con- oh, no, okay, the only concern with him is his his age, but honestly, Miami's so deep. They can use him in that, like the way the Warriors did, where it was like, you're only going to play 20 minutes a game in the regular season because we want your legs for the playoffs. Um, I think that's probably how he's going to be used going forward for you guys. He wasn't even, I mean, it was his first game back. So like, that would be unfair to put him on the Nova Damian Lillard, but like he didn't draw the Lillard assignment late in the game, which I thought was a little surprising, but maybe it's kind of to your point, kind of saving his legs, working his way back. The other thing with him is um, I would say in terms of wing defenders, uh, he's one of the best off-ball defenders I've ever seen. He's um, so good around screens. The war- it's, it's incredible. The, the Warriors would always have Clay guard the primary ball handler, and 50% of that's because Clay's really good at it. The other 50% of it is no one was as good at guarding the weak side as Andre Vidala. You know, like the, the type of stuff that prime LeBron James would do where he's kind of playing cat and mouse with the guy he's guarding versus helping, but never loses his man. Cause you, you really need eyes in the back of your head to be able to like shade the defender you're supposed to be guarding while also playing the passing lanes. And I mean, there's just not a lot of guys who can do that at a high level. Jimmy Butler can do it to some degree, but Jimmy's also better on ball. So I think you'll see a lot of Andre kind of, you'll see Jimmy probably guarding the, lead ball handler, I guess is the best way to put it. He'll be the guy who's guarding like the James Hardens of the world. And you'll see Andre doing kind of the help defense and being the guy where you're like, you can't quite put a number on it, but every time he's on the floor, you guys just keep um, forcing more turnovers and getting stops and, you know, making all the, all the little plays to help you win. 
So like that's actually interesting that you say that because Miami was not in the beginning of the year they were kind of switching a little bit when Winslow was playing and when Justice got hurt they completely really abandoned the switch and the trapping and they started playing more zone and stuff. And since since the trade since Iggy and um and Jay have been playing they've been switching a lot more Alex you've seen that right like they're they're switching a lot of possessions even off ball screens and stuff that surprised me because that's not typical Spolster defense lately it's usually like the drop coverage and it definitely, we've been seeing more of that. And I think exactly what Sam is describing here is why Iguodala was, you know, such a nice fit for the Heat and what they do defensively. Like, they they can go back to running the system that we know them for on defense where they're constantly having guys, you know, uh, come out and help. They show, they go back. And that exact thing that Sam is describing where he's kind of balancing the line between uh, going back and forth, so that the you know, kind of messing with the, whoever has the ball messing with their head to see what they're going to do, you know, you know, trying to bait them into passing it to where the defense wants to pass. You get what I'm saying? Like he's, he fits perfectly. Yeah. Into what they do. And now they're going to have so many of these lineups they can throw out where they're throwing in, you know, multiple good defenders out there Switchy with good shooters. mobile guys. Yes, with and, and they can throw all defense lineups. They can go and in, and it'll still be like a, a great defensive lineup. If you throw in Jay and Iggy and Jimmy out there with Bam, like they didn't have those options before they had to do the zone stuff because of how many bad defenders they had. A lot of Duncan Robinson and Myers Leonard out there. A lot of that. Yeah. I feel like they're going to close. They're going to be closing playoff games with, I don't know who's going to play point cards. It's going to be Goron, uh, Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Dep- Hero, but then depends. it'll be like, Butler, yeah, then it'll be Butler, Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Bam. And I don't know how you score on that. That's like some, you know, kind of like peak heatles, how they just switched everything. And, you know, when they felt like it, they could just turn the pressure up on you. And also like with the Warriors during the peak years of their run, when they went to that small ball lineup and just felt like locking in, the Heat won't, I don't know, they're, they're going to be sneaky. I think only... Milwaukee in the East can really compare to them on the defensive side in terms of being able to ratchet up the pressure. You know, Sam, their defense is 21st since December. <laughs> it's been really? abysmal. Uh, they leak threes. They yeah. allow, I think, the third most threes in the league. And part of that's by design because even when their defense was good, they were, I mean, their three point percentage defense is really good, kind of like the Raptors and the Bucks, uh, but they're allowing right. a lot of threes. And with the Raptors case, a lot of that's trapping and switching, but with the Heat, it's more the drop coverages. They're just getting burned off guys coming off picks and pulling up or the the swings to the corners. So for us, so I we look- got an interesting I got no, no. actually an interesting anecdote on that because I was gonna say uh, the Warriors towards the end were leaking a lot of three pointers. And I was talking to someone around the Warriors, and I'm like, isn't it kind of a concern that teams are getting up like 35, 36 threes? And they're like, not really. It depends who's getting it up. If we bait them into, if we bait it into like a Luke Richard and Bonmute three, I mean, he can have 20 of those. If he's going to make a bunch of them, what, what do you want us to do? And they kind of looked at it as like they only cared about forcing threes to the bad shooters. They didn't buy the theory that who's shooting the three matters, or sorry, you know, the volume of threes matter. That's really interesting because so that was the Bucks last year and that was a big reason. The Bucks, I think it was above the break three. And that's the reason they lost. And yeah. that's exactly because Fred Van Vliet and Kyle were just like Nova. Um, but Miami's shot profile for years under Spolstra was run guys off the three point line and force mid range shots. Right. And Miami's kind of like the Spurs. They're they're kind of very active in that mid range area. Their their shot profile is completely inverted from what they once were, and it's it's kind of interesting to see how that kind of changed under our feet. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask was, you talked a little bit about the amplification that Iguodala provides on the offensive end, but that guy, he's not a good shooter, right? It's like, he hasn't been in a while. So I'm kind of wondering how that fits. I mean, he had a lot of really good shooters around him too. This team is going to be playing in those lineups that, that we proposed. Bam's a non-shooter. Jimmy's a bad shooter. Andre's a not good shooter. And Jay's not a good shooter. And I know that he summoned the spirit of Steph Curry the last two games. Uh, but eventually that's going to come down. Like James Crowder's not hitting step backs, right? Like that's going to come down to earth. I mean, he had one right. that one year in Boston. So I'm kind of wondering like, what, what does he do to create space? Uh, Cause I, di- I don't really see a lot of gravity when he plays good teams. Like the Raptors were just leaving him. No, but he'll take the shot. Um, and he does. 
he and Jay Crowder are similar in the sense that he's a better passer than Jay, so he'll be looking to move it if he sees anyone open. Um, but they will take the open shot to try to keep the defense honest. Honestly, Andre's a weird player because he's not a good shooter, but I swear to God he hit more clutch shots than anyone on the Warriors over the last five years. And a lot of that was because they trapped Steph and Clay and just give Andre 20 feet of space. And he's like, okay, well, I can make it if you're just going to give me a practice shot. Um, I don't know if we'll get that kind of freedom in Miami because, you know, teams aren't going to be trapping Jimmy behind the three-point line, per se. Um, but he he does have the ability to hit shots. I mean, he's him and Jay are kind of the same. They're those 34% three-point shooters who can randomly get hot. Uh, but you know, the law of averages say for every game, they go five for seven from three. You're, you're due for a couple of games where they go over five. So, um, that's part of it, but you know, I mean, he's just going to try to outsmart teams and not force it into a three point contest. I honestly think the best thing the heat are going to try to do is try to force everything into transition when he's on the floor. Yeah, I'm actually really curious about how the pace is going to tick up now that he's playing because like the Spolster teams typically have always been slow and Jimmy is super worky of the pick and roll and all that and they like run a lot of dribble handoffs. So I'm I'm kind of Alex like uh, I'm actually a little excited for that. I'm you know they have guys to run out. They have Derek and Tyler's awesome in transition and so is Kendrick. I'm kind of excited for that that proposition. This whole trade like has just made them. It's really given them more options like, like I was talking about before. But now like you can throw out lineups where you know Jimmy. Uh, Hero, Duncan Robinson, Iguodala, and Bam. Like, something like that, right? Where Iguodala, like Sam has mentioned, is very good playing around shooters and playing around other high IQ guys. Like, I think a lineup like that would wreak havoc versus a lot of teams in the league. He's going to be good with Goron. They need to be expect. Yeah, that's true. That's that's another thing. He's going to really solidify that bench unit because there's not going to be a lot of pressure. And they already have their handlers. They have Goron and Hero coming off the bench. So Iguodala is not going to be expected to run all the offense there. I think it's going to be a really nice fit there. And right now, like they should be experimenting with all types of different BAM at the five lineups because that's going to need to be their bread and butter in the playoffs once Myers and Kelly inevitably get played off the floor by good teams. That's what really sucked about the... By the way, uh, uh, Grogic is shooting almost 40% on six attempts from three, uh, a career high by a lot in attempts. I mean, to revitalize Goran Dragic. Let me tell you, man. Goran's hitting that little hardened step back. You know, it's... He's a man. Too bad he can't defend anybody, but he looks Slovenian really, really good. Lou Will. Slovenian Lou Will. I like that. He doesn't get to the free throw line as much, so, uh, which is unfortunate. Because um, right, all he does is pull up from three now, and he's damn good at it. It's incredible. The the the, the step back stuff is like the ridiculous stuff. Like I'm just like I I don't know where he got that in his bag, but that has been wild to me to watch. I mean, honestly, whoever told them, whoever on the Heat is like they're so ahead because. Well, I mean, you light years, one would right? say. Yes, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but you could tell like his game was going to deteriorate once the once you know he started aging like he has, and he wasn't going to be able to get to the basket, on you know whenever he wanted to, like he could when he first got here. And now they just have him like, okay, anytime the defender drops back on a pick and roll, you're gonna you're gonna launch that thing. Kemba Kemba esque. Like I'm not even joking. Like it reminds me a bit of Kemba, which is why Kemba scares me because of all the drop that they play. <laughs> um. Sam, that's the matchup that, re- like you said, like nobody really worries you in, in the in the East except for the Bucks. Like the Celtics really scare me just because of the the way that the Heat defense functions and what Kemba can do coming around picks. And other than Andre, like that was a big thing about Winslow that we really liked that he's great slithering around screens. He was able to kind of keep his hip up to the ball handler and contain them. You know, if they come off that screen, they don't really have it. Like none is too young. He's not really good at that. Tyler the same. Goron's abysmal at it. Duncan gets picked on and he gets like attacked. So every guard that they have essentially is 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 target practice for anybody in the league. Like so Andre's gonna come in and they're gonna really and if you're saying that he's not like he's better off ball, like I, I don't know if they really fix the defense that they have to. I think what, they I think first Boston they'll probably stick him on on uh, Tatum, honestly. Would be the, would be same. my move. Try to take him take him out of the game. He's deceptively one of their best shooters. I know because no, yeah, he's you just kind of think of him as bricking a ton of shots. I think of him Weird as player. jab can't stepping. Any, jab yeah. stepping. Yeah, thirty nine percent from three might be thirty nine percent at the rim. Also, <laughs> um, <laughs> that but is, yeah, uh, I mean, I go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go, go. I was gonna make a a, a bad Stevens joke, but I'm sure that your analysis is better. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with it. So, <laughs> I'll let you have it. Oh. 
I was gonna say like Brad Stevens. Every guard under Brad Stevens uh, always shoots batter at the rim. I don't know why. And uh, <laughs> mentioning mentioning Boston, this is really like the team that this trade affects the most, right? Like as far as you know, just the, the matchup. Because I think the Celtics have been the only team that's really given the Heat like serious problems in the East, right? Like the Heat have not only have lost them twice, but both times it's been a real struggle. And it's I know the second that, nights of back to back too. Yes, and they I was, were injured. Yes, I was getting to that. I know everybody is waiting, is just waiting for me to say, say second night of a back-to-back. Everybody just repeats it at the same time collectively. But uh, but no, the Boston, the fact that they have so many wings and weapons is like... <laughs> Sam, they, the Heat have played every good team on the second night of a back-to-back. It's fucking ridiculous. They played the Lakers, the Celtics twice on the second night of a back-to-back, the Raptors another time, the Sixers twice. Like it's The, the NBA schedule is ridiculous. This is why ratings are down. <laughs> this is totally why Rams are actually I have a theory that that happens to all of us uh, far coastal teams like obviously Miami's in the southeastern yeah. corner of the country can't can't get any farther southeast than Miami um, and then you know yeah exactly and then obviously the bays and you know all the way on the west coast it's just the way travel works I swear to god the, the teams in the middle of the country always get the cushiest schedule because teams are hitting them in the middle and they never have to fly as far um, you always see it when they pull up those like miles loan things. It's always like Miami, Portland, Warriors, Boston. Like th- these type of teams are always like doing cross country flights over and over again. Miami for years had Denver fifth night in uh, fourth game and five nights in the second night of a back. Like that was a guaranteed end of a road trip would end. I in would Denver. love. I would love to know how many wins Denver gets purely off of the schedule, like ones that. They just know teams coming in here at the end of a road trip, end of a back-to-back to elevation, and they're just sitting in town on a two-day rest. Like Utah and, too, and man. Good, right? Utah's about to get Miami yeah. again on the back end of a road trip, and everyone's also hurt. Like th- th- That shit's cheating, man. It's outrageous. Yeah, absolutely. The Heat complained. I but heard that the Heat actually complained to the league that like this has to stop. Like Stop scheduling this. This is not fair. We're going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Miss your chance to bet on the Chiefs and Niners? Well, fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and the Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to retrieve 50% off a welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE. All one word when you sign up on betonline.ag. Bring your best bets with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I mean, they've had so many sets of like three games and five nights this year that it's besides all the, you know, second night of a back to back stuff that you mentioned versus all the great teams. Like, it's just been such a weird schedule. Sam, for them. They, they fucking gave them like Philly at the end of a fourth game of five nights. It's like, what do you what do you want from them? And they, of course they got housed. Do they leave the NBA in back to backs this year? It, it feels that way. And like, I feel like, I mean, they haven't had one. I think the last one that they had was the Philly game that they won. Um, but it's, I mean, it's like kind of the, every good team has been, I'm sorry. I've had to vet. It's like so frustrating. How how do you gauge, how do you gauge a club when you're just like, well, like that's not a thing in the playoffs. And like, clearly at the end of those games, they look tired. Like those jumpers are all short and and that's a good defensive team. And like, obviously, you know, so. Okay. I have a question for Sam. So how would you evaluate where Iguodala stands now as a perimeter defender, not only with his hands, because I think the hands is what really makes him special uh, along with, you know, his general defensive IQ, which we already spoke about, but his legs, that's the thing I want to know about from you. Like how much would you trust him to be able to guard guys who are slightly quicker than him? And I'm not even talking about like a Kemba type, (laughs) just maybe a wing who is faster than him, younger than him, like a Tatum or, you know, name, name wing here. How, How do you feel about, Fred dollar there with the, with the legs. Honestly, I mean, he's above average at everything, but if there is one weakness, I would not want to stick him on a small quick guard. It's he's 36. He has a little problem with those small quick guys in space. And it's just a waste of his other skills. I mean, in general, the Warriors never 
put him on the Westbrooks of the world um, or like, like, yeah, or like a Kemba or someone like that, they'd usually put him on the lead wing. You'd always see him guarding. Like I said, you'd see him, you'd see him guarding someone like Tatum over Kemba. You'd see him guard LeBron, not Kyrie, that sort of stuff. Uh, Which obviously has a ton of, yeah, he obviously has a ton of value, but that's always been kind of the assignment he's drawn. Also, because I'm sure you guys have noticed it. He's, you know, how like every wing says they're six, seven, and then you see him stand next to each other and you're like, wow, you guys are all the same height, but you're two inches apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like a legit six, seven, legit seven foot wingspan. Like he can guard bigger guys. And then obviously having the quick hands, guarding anyone who hesitates. I mean, he just takes advantage. Like you mentioned the jab step stuff. I'm like, good luck jab stepping because he's going to strip the ball a handful of times. And the times he doesn't, he's going to be right there to contest it. So when I look at him, I think his value is far more guarding Tatum, helping on Giannis, helping on Siakam. Um, I guess those are probably your main competitors. Or, or guarding, here's another going, guarding um, Ben Simmons. Someone like that, someone bigger, oh, more physical. You don't need to guard that guy. Can mess <laughs> it's a coward. Yeah, let's not waste um, Iguodala's yeah. talents there. Yeah, let's not waste on Iguodala. I mean, they can, they can put Duncan on him or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's better suited on the wing or being the help defender than chasing the small guard. I think, well, Jimmy's not. Jimmy's kind of the same as Iguodala in that way, where he's better at doing those things too. They um, actually have him on point way, of attack a lot. Uh, they, they have him guard. The, the best ball handler all the time. Like he's on Kawhi, he's on Kyle, he's on um, like Kemba a lot. Like he's, if Winslow wasn't playing, that was Jimmy's assignment. I mean, they don't really have anybody else. It's almost by necessity. And the other thing with Iguodala now is that he's going to take off some of that pressure, I think, off of Jimmy, uh, just as far as, you know, guarding bigger scoring wings like Sam is talking about, because Jimmy just needs some of that, man. He, he can't they be had doing Dion it. doing it when Dion played. They had Dion on Kawhi. Listen, Dion was doing a great job on Kawhi. Like, Sam, did you no, see that? No denying it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you guys are, now that you're bringing up, you can also mention Crowder in there too. I mean, you got three plus wing defenders, two who I think guard him on NBA level in terms of Jimmy and Iguodala. Um, that'll be part of the, the Heat's calculus too. You know, if you're going up against um, a Kawhi Leonard, you don't need to say, Jimmy, you got to guard him for, you know, 36 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever he plays. You can go Iguodala on him for long stretches. You can put Jay Crowder on him for stretches. And all that stuff leads to um, Jimmy having fresher legs on offense, which is obviously something you guys need at the close of games. His jump shot has been so flat, Sam. Like, he has nothing. Like, it, they, they ask so I know, I much of him. Per, I, saw his, I saw his percentage, and I was like, oh, <laughs> It looks yeah. like looks like Draymond. What's going on? <laughs> but, uh, but, Ouch. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's that's probably part of it. Like, like you said, I didn't even really think about that. But before the trade, it was just him and Winslow who are good wing defenders. And did Justice only play like eleven games? Like he's missed yeah. most of the season. Only right? eleven games. I so, mean, those. So Sam, let been, me tell you, just been Jimmy. What a glorious 11 games it was. Started the season, it was like 27, 7, and 7. He was eating Giannis's lunch. Oh, my God. At Milwaukee. Oh, my God. A double overtime. Woof! I'm going to be sad about never having, never getting to see an extended sample of Justice, Bam, and Jimmy together. Sam, do you know how in the tank we are for that guy? Like, us as a publication. Like, we have been... By the way, you'll you'll appreciate this, because I've always been a fan of Justice Winslow, his potential. And when he was breaking out, I tweeted something to the extent of finally putting it together really reminds me of prime Andre Godala. And I'm thinking of like Philly, Denver, Andre. And I just got ratioed to hell by Warriors Twitter. Like, don't ever compare anyone to Andre. <laughs> that was our comp. That was because people wanted to make the Kawhi comp. And we're like, slow down there. It's Andre. It's, it's Swiss Army Knife. Do it all. Defender. Because yeah. we never thought he would be like a great shooter like Andre wasn't. But. Right, you know, like I'll take 15 points and you know Swiss Army knife and everything else. I don't, you know, let's let's keep the expectations semi-realistic. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I would take Hawaii, but and he's so smart. It's, it's like it's really, you know, Alex. It's kind of sad that we couldn't even see him and Andre together because I really think Andre could have helped his development a lot. 
Yeah, I think so too. That's why I was still hope I was still holding out some hope a little bit when all the trade stuff was happening that they wouldn't trade <laughs> Winslow if Gallinari wasn't a part of the deal. I think that was why it hurt so much because we thought that Winslow was uh, was going to get traded for Gallinari and Iguodala, not just you know Iguodala and the extra couple bodies they got. But um, let me tell you something, Alex. After seeing Andre play, um, and I know that like more Heat fans are talking about Crowder because of the shooting, but I think we all kind of think that's going to regress. Soon. I'm more excited about Iguodala than I am about Crowder. Oh, me too. But I'm saying that, like, had they got in Gallo, I'm seriously, I, and Zach will talk a little bit about it. I, I'm seriously thinking about they have a shot to beat Milwaukee if they had Gallinari. I don't think they do now. I don't even think they have a shot to beat Toronto personally. Uh, I don't think they're going to have enough wow. defense. I don't. I, I don't think, I, I like, I don't. They don't, I don't have don't, a shot to beat Toronto? No, they have a shot, but like, I don't think it's a good shot. Wow. See, I like them versus Toronto. I don't like them versus Milwaukee, but I like them versus Toronto. I mean, that'll be a that'll be a six or seven game series. But they don't have enough. They don't have enough to defend. Like, and we we talk about Lowry and um and Pascal a lot, but like they don't have really an answer for Fred. Oh no, not Fred Van Vliet. Oh, Fred. I'm shaking in my boots. Eighteen and eight I Van Vliet to you. Did he have a baby? Another one on the way. I think I see. I think Toronto is excellent, but I'm still wary of how they look in a playoff series when they don't have that. You know, okay, the offense is stagnating. Kawhi, go get us four buckets in a row. I do wonder in the playoffs when they go against, and I'm talking about second round. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about like versus a, you know, Magic. like a Brooklyn or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Aaron not too Gordon. worried about that stuff. But when they but when they go against like a Boston or a Miami. I don't know. They still feel like they're one player short in terms of creation. And that's putting a lot on Siakam and, and Lowry in that regard, who are both excellent, but I'd still rather have the ball in like Jimmy's hands. No, and I, I think probably in the East, he's probably he, after Giannis, he's probably the guy I most want the ball in his hand, maybe Kemba, but out of the all-stars in the East, I think he's the guy that I think you want as a go-to ISO scorer. Kyrie. That's right. The only problem is he doesn't, he doesn't 14, play for a team no. that matters. He doesn't play for a team that matters. Yeah, that comes with fourteen million other headaches. But in terms of pure isolation ability, <laughs> I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting that he's like in the league. Like he'll come in and out of my consciousness rather often this season. I guess because he's well, always he's, hurt. He's come in and out of the league this season. So <laughs> I don't. I, I, I saw don't somebody. Stop. I think he thinks. I think he thinks because KD's hurt, he can take the year off too. I think uh, <laughs> love of the fame. I think that. Um, I, I saw somebody say that there's not a 0% chance that Kyrie Ricky Williams this whole thing. And I was like, that is so damn true. Something that you just <laughs> reminded me now is that they, they got Iguodala and they, Durant is coming back to the league next next season, man. Are you saying this is a light years move? <laughs> this is a light years move, man. They needed This is an answer. Are they Sam, are they boys? Is, are, are, are Andre and, and KD boys? Yeah, somewhat. KD was kind of on an island the whole final year. The best way to put it, he he was. Let's just put it this way: when when Draymond yelled at him in the middle of the game, the infamous Clipper game, it's not it's not like that wasn't a sentiment that other players weren't thinking because they knew what was going on. He's a coworker that you need, so, but you can't tell how you really feel. Yeah, pretty much. I think they're just it ran its course. I really want to get we'll, into. We'll Talk, talking about running it, talking about running its course. Uh, there's a duo in Philadelphia that was kind of in the news today, and hmm. uh, oh, the, of, new, the new Lob City, the new Lob City. Uh, Embiid, you know, Jimmy and Embiid kind of going back and forth on IG, probably trolling us, but that won't stop us from uh, curating content out of it. Uh, the idea of Embiid being unhappy and coming to Miami, playing with his boy Jimmy, uh, Alex. The Heat are going to have a lot of cap space. They can take them into space. This is infuriating me already. You're, just, you're just, shaking just, your head. Listen, you know, you know how this works. You know how the content machine works. X, X star becomes disgruntled. Every fan base tries to get him. Fan base with good weather, super Listen, duper I, tries to get him. You know me. I'm usually all in on this type of stuff. On You know, the Heat trading for a will and just generally... Just buying in on the hype train, even though I, I don't think this is something that that'll really happen at any point. Just the fact that people are already like, well, I don't see a trade happening without Bam and Hero being involved. And I'm like, to those people, man, absolutely go after yourself because Jesus Christ, what 
what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Embiid, after everything we've said about him, we're going to trade our, you know, our two prized possessions, the Heat's two prized possessions for him, for a guy who, who's playing half of his game since he started his career. And you got, you got Bam over here pretty much being the antithesis of, of everything Embiid is, right? He's like, I feel I'm that's- more mobile. I'm much more agile. Uh, I can guard one through five. But no, and I play every single game. But let's trade you for the guy who plays half of the season and who can only dominate in the post and who doesn't want to play in the post because he'd rather just draw fouls in the mid post. I feel like I see, that, part I disagree, that part I disagree with. I know. I'm just being I, irrational. I, I hate I'm Joel with B. you. <laughs> I'm with you on all the other points regarding Bam and, you know, how giving him up or like putting him in the wrong position to accommodate Embiid would suck. But Ben Simmons is the only reason he's not playing in the post. Oh, no, you're he's 100% all, he's right. All done no, no, I'm definitely, I just love to trash Joel Embiid because I feel like he's the one guy <laughs> who, like, you know how Shaq has been, you know, he's been demanding 30 and 15 from everybody for, like, 15 years now on, on Inside the NBA? <laughs> yes. Embiid is the one guy who could be doing all of those things that Shaq is talking about. He's like, oh, yeah, just go. That's exactly how I feel when I watch Embiid. I turn into Shaq. I'm like, get down there on the block and average 35 and 15, man. What are you doing? He's just had about, well, you guys I'm, can look at it this way. You guys, you guys are complaining that, or not complaining, but you're saying, you know, there's not enough shooting when you get like Crowder, Iguodala, Jimmy, and all those guys out there. It could be worse. You could be Philly starting five power forwards at once. They're the Knicks, except with better players. The Knicks will hype. The Knicks will hype. <laughs> there's a Knicks dream. Good power forwards instead of just power forwards. Just good, good power forwards and Josh. Exactly, I, man. Yeah. I, like Sam, like, would you? You know, you're an outsider, so you're 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 detached from this from this uh, love and and all this praise oh, I'm, for Bam. I'm, I'm already I'm already putting all my own trade machine packages for Embiid. Don't worry about that. Okay, so like, if you thought you guys were in on Simmons, I'm not in on Simmons. Why would I be in on Simmons? No, I have, I have not said you. for oh. <laughs> Look at you. I'm talking about Sam and Andy. They've been mentioning Simmons on their pods, and I think that's like an incredible fit for the Warriors. Like Ben Simmons playing next to Stephen Clay. Oh my God, that would be incredible. But uh, but no, like that's I my think short, we got to yeah, hit that angle. Short Jimmy answers, I'll take, which, I'll take whichever one of them. <laughs> you know, th- this I'll is take how... whichever one of them they want to trade. The way that we've been in this podcast talking over each other, it's much like Dwayne and LeBron their first year, just not knowing when to start dribbling. <laughs> it's like, no, you, I got the ball. Off the it's pitch. the time zone. It's the time zone. It's, it's the time zone. We're laggy. Uh, Sam, like, so if you're, if you're, you for as an outsider, you're looking at Miami, like you, you think Bam and something like Hero is worth the move for, for Embiid or what? Like, I, I mean, looking at it biasly, you know, I think guys always value their own players. Um, but what, what do you think? That's a legitimately tough call because Embiid and Jimmy, okay, we saw them last year and they lost in the second round. And albeit that wasn't what Spolster's coaching, that wasn't what the Heat culture, you got to imagine the Heat would do a much better job at finding the right pieces to go around those two and generally just doing a better job of optimizing them. Um, that's tough. I really like Bam. Like, I, I mean, and, and Tyler Hero is really exciting to me. I don't know how good I think he is, like in terms of star ceiling or just a really good player. Um, Maybe. I, like, don't I, know, I don't know that Philly gets a better offer than that, though. Like if that's on the table, I don't know that someone's offering him more than that. You know, someone could offer him a bunch of picks, but you trade and beat, those picks are going to be in the 20s, right? Yeah. So I go well, back. Maybe doesn't really like, have it, picks to give anyway. Oh. If you were to replace him with Bam and, and Tyler Hero, like the Sixers are better. And I don't even think that's because, like, I'm not trying to, you know, say that Embiid is some trash no, player. No, absolutely. But my God, like, that is a fit, team so much better. well suited to, fill, to fit uh, Ben Simmons' play style. Yeah, no, no doubt. I still think if I'm Miami, I'm trying to sit on 2021 free agency because, I mean, Gian, obviously, Giannis, you know, you get Giannis. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll mail you a couple titles, um, but um, uh, you know, like you look at them, um, Jimmy is definitely suited to be like one of your two primary ball handlers and your jack of all trade wing. And then Bam is kind of the perfect 
guy to anchor a defense. And really all they're missing is another star caliber score perimeter type score. And then next, and then they're arguably the best team in the league. Sam, so, I want to, I want to hit you with my theory. If, I don't know if I'd give that to you because I think I'd rather sit on those two and see if you could get Giannis or who else available that summer or Debo. Um, Beal. I think Paul George has knocked out that summer. Paul like George, Kawhi, LeBron, a lot of guys, and AD. So yeah, um, you don't want you don't want LeBron back. Yeah, you already did that one. I you do want LeBron back. Let me tell you something. Uh, I don't. <laughs> LeBron's the one guy I don't think's gonna knock out Sam. But I, I said this last episode, and I've been saying this on Twitter a bit. There are from now until 2021. There's two available titles, right? There's Giannis right. on the Bucks. There's the two guys on the Lakers, and there's the two guys on the Clippers. At most, at, at worst, one of those guys is going to come up empty. One of those teams is not going to win the title. There's only two available titles. So if the Clippers come up empty, what's to say that Paul George and Kawhi don't leave? If the Lakers come up empty, oh. what's to say AD doesn't leave? If the Bucks come up empty, if let's say Milwaukee hogs all the championships, that AD and, right. and Kawhi become free agents. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that one of these tandems or one of these superstars doesn't win in that time because it's just they can't and they leave. Or and I'm I need to put the list in front of me. How about one of the star caliber players who's on another team who's clearly headed nowhere? I mean, those are options too. Uh, but I do agree with you. I actually, if I was you, I would say the Laker guys are not happening. Um, I think AD is a lock to resign long term this summer, and. I if think they LeBron get bounced to retire in LA. If they get bounced in the second round, I don't know. They're not getting bounced in the second round. <laughs> and man, maybe you get a wacky, maybe you get a wacky Dallas matchup or a wacky Utah matchup, and you know KCP and Danny can't hit anything, and I don't know. Or some, or someone just pulled the hammy. That's all. You know, uh, an air conditioning um, could go out. You never know. Hey, a lot can, you never lot know can happen in this hit. league. Hashtag this league. Um, but I do agree with you if the Clippers or the Bucks don't win a title in the next two years the the stars on those teams are leaving particularly the Clippers I mean can you imagine how disgruntled that situation will get if they come up short against like the Lakers twice and they probably can't they won't won't be able to keep Lou and 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 Montrez so right they're gonna they're gonna get worse around the margins over the next year and a half one way or another and lose 34 i mean it seems like he's ageless but at some point small guards age right yeah, except for steph he's never gonna age yeah of course <laughs> never <laughs> but, Steph. Um, steph but yeah hey just wait for next year uh, <laughs> <laughs> um i kind of buy your theory i kind of as hard as it is to say don't trade for joel Embiid could be joel Embiid. i think miami's going to be like the number one free agent destination just because the fact that bam hero all these guys are so cheap you know you're not just coming to a team with jimmy butler you're Duncan coming to a Robinson. team with like four or five really good players where it's a it's a ready set roster it's like a situation like the clippers had for Kawhi, quite frankly where and the like, nets we got all these pe- yeah exactly we got all these pieces we just need you to be you, you know, you don't have to worry about coming here. Like LeBron did with the Lakers wondering what the hell the roster was and proven coach, much like doc rivers. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm the heat, I'm as hard as it is to not make a trade that guts you of these really good young players for like a ready now superstar. I do think the move is waiting it out. See, I'm glad that you agree. Cause that like they have, Miami has been, uncharacteristically frugal with their assets, particularly in the Gallo right. stuff and their cap space, which I don't know. It, may, it makes me think that they might know something. Wow. Like the, Way to steal my take from last week. Was it? Did you say that on this show? <laughs> yeah, we talked yeah. about it. And I, I kept saying that I think like that trade, that non-trade was an indicator that they have Intel because everything that we know from, from the past, Pat Riley would have made that trade. And, and I'm not even saying that like we know that they've been battling young players yeah. in the recent past. Yeah, Pat's, more not afraid. Pat's not afraid to gamble on trading young players for, for a guy who can help now. And this would have been a worthwhile gamble because it's like, yes, you're trading away that, that, that pick in the future and also removing some of the protections on the pick that OKC already owns. But you're really putting yourself in that caliber of, okay, let's go for this right now. 
And they, they, they had it right there in front of them and they said, no, and we said, no, we're going to keep Kendrick Nunn. We're going to keep our pick and we're not going to extend into the third year and risk losing out on potentially Beal or Oladipo, whoever they think they're going to get in that summer. Beal is another or guy. Because I mean, I can, now they just can, can tell you guys this summer. I, they're, on, they're on Giannis's short list. I don't know if Giannis is leaving is Milwaukee. If he doesn't work, this is not a report. <laughs> but, um, Aggregated. If he doesn't win a title, if he <laughs> if he doesn't win a title in Milwaukee, I I just I'm I'm pretty confident he's going to be having that he's going to have a dinner in South Beach with Pat Riley in the summer of 2021 or something. Sam, do you that's remember? Just, that's just my thing. Do you remember when Lamarcus Aldridge was a free agent right before he resigned with the Spurs for the max or whatever that contract was, and the Heat only had a mid level exception to offer because they were capped out, and Lamarcus was meeting with Pat on South Beach, just talking. And all Pat had was a mid-level exception. And we're like, how the fuck did he do that? I mean, they know what he has. Like, how how is he listening to that? Like, how does he keep doing it? He got, and I'm stealing a, a five Twice, reasons take. He's a god, like, the godfather. He made everybody else wave his mistakes. Dion, gone. Tyler Johnson, waved. Those were his mistakes. He got, got other people space. to do. He got cap space and, and win now made, players, and he made Minnesota's dumbass take James Johnson. I love JJ. I, I I wish he was still here. I like him. Uh, but it's it's like it's crazy. It's like how did this happen? Get him the job. I mean, I see people on Twitter like Nick Nick fans on Twitter are my favorite. They just get mad at Pat. Like they're in, they're forever mad at him. Yeah, it's I don't what, know. I I mean, I'm always gonna have an affinity for Pat Riley, so. I'm not the person to give you the counter take here because I'm with you on this one. Oh, I know you are. Like, Sam, you're uh, one of the people that was most vocal about, like, how good of a coach Eric Spolstra is. Like, you sang the praises of the big three heat. Like, you were, you were like, one of the few, like, kind of... Just, can I call you a national guy? <laughs> I feel really, like, I feel like you're a national... I feel like you're a national guy. I feel, I feel like you're, 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 you're important. <laughs> in the uh in the nba sphere like you you know you you hold spools water and we appreciate that got it he's one of the best okay i think i threw it out there i said if steve Kerr ever left he's the number one coach i'd want not gonna happen because i don't think the heat are ever letting him go you know if he ever wanted to leave they'd just back up the truck all right name your price but i I don't think i don't think he'd leave I don't think that he would. I've I've heard that if if he leaves, it's not an organizational decision. It'll be because he wants to like do something else. Very like kind of like Masai. And I think like we we were hearing that type of stuff before everything that you know uh, took place in the recent past, where they're they're now back to being very good and everything looks good in the future with the young guys and cap space and whales and all that. But I think okay, this this is another question I have now. Uh, Sam, how are you going to feel this summer when the Heat and the Warriors are bidding for Bradley Beal? <laughs> After the Warriors inevitably package those those picks that they got, uh, that you know the Warriors pick from this year and the Minnesota pick that they got for Wake for D'Angelo Russell, you're going to throw it into the the Bradley Beal uh, trade offer. Now, what about what's available this we're summer? About to make Wig- we're about to make Wiggins a ten time All Star. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> they don't need Bradley Beal. Um, Baby KD, one might say. Yeah, he's like Katie, only eight inches shorter. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I actually, so obviously he's a great player. And, you know, I, you, we don't need to break down how he would fit with Stephen Clay on offense. I think they're kind of, the, the reason they were so fast to trade d is like, okay, this guy doesn't even want to try to play. We don't, we don't, we're not even going to waste our time. So, I don't know that they do that. They, they're they're one of those franchises. They think a little like the Heat, like the Celtics, where they they overvalue. I don't want to say overvalue, but like if they're not willing to try on defense, they don't want them. So I don't know. I don't, you, I don't so know you really about think that. Of Bradley Beal in that same like in that same way that you think of D'Angelo. Because when I think of D'Angelo Russell, I no, think of no, no. Albatross defender. Whereas Beal, I'm like, okay, I've seen him be decent in the playoffs before as a defender, and I would just be like, yeah. Let's just put him around Steph Clay small, and Draymond and see what happens. But he's small. He's 6'3". Yeah. He might be 6'4". I really think they'd, they this might be foolish. They might be foolish to not make that offer 
and then realize that they have no shot at another trade for another guy. Exactly. But I really think they'd rather roll the dice and sit on their picks, maybe draft someone and try to develop them. Hopefully it looks like, you know, how like Bam out of bio is looking where all of a sudden it's like Bam's more valuable than a pick. You know why? Because we know he can play at an all-star level and he's still making rookie money. Right. Um, they might, they might go that route more so, and it might blow up in their face. They might never get another guy and they might just be like a good little team with Steph and clay and, you know, kind of weird pieces around them instead of the team they had before. But I really do think they'd, they'd try to roll the dice on their own culture and wait for a bigger fish than Bradley Beal. Now I could kind of see them being maybe San Antonio esque where they take a couple and by down years, I put down years in quotes, right? Like just conference sure. semifinal years. Uh, right until they maybe kind of get something really, really good when Clay and and Steph, you know, are kind of in their in the back burner, and they get like another guy. I can kind of I've I've always kind of pictured that as the probable trajectory. I mean, that's how Steve Kerr wants them to go. Um, and quite frankly, I think that's how they will go if they stay healthy. It's just, I mean, this year isn't helping my self confidence, but you know, obviously Steph had the hand injury, Clay tore his ACL we're putting a lot of faith into them just being back in the, you know, normal 70 plus game type of players next year. Right. It could go the other way, but if they stay healthy, I'm with you. They'll be, they'll always be a, a good solid playoff team just because of that core. And they will be weird. Cause like the variance of three point shooting, if they get hot for a series, they could probably upset a better team. Right. Like, and, and I guess that's how the game's changed since when the Spurs did it. Um, I yeah, want to end on I want to end on one last thing that I thought was really really cool. Did you guys see the news with Dwayne Wade today? Um, the the thing about about his kid about his daughter. Yeah, Sam, did you did you get to see that? I did. Yeah, I thought I just kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit, and I'm gonna have uh, Brian edit in the sound. We are we are proud when I say proud. We are proud parents um, of a child in the LGBTQ plus uh, community, and we're proud allies as well. Um, and we, we take our, our roles and our responsibility as parents very seriously. Um, so when our, when our child comes home with a question, when our child comes home with an issue, when our child comes home with anything, it's our job as parents to listen to that, to give them the best information that we can, the best feedback that we can. Um, and that doesn't change because sexuality is now involved in it. So once Zaya, a 12-year-old, came home um, and first Zion, everybody, I don't know if everyone knows, originally named Zion, Zion born. Um, as a boy, came home and said, hey, uh, so I want to talk to you guys. Um, you know, I think going forward, I'm ready to live my truth. And I want to be uh, referenced as she and her. Uh, I would love for you guys to call me Zaya. And so internally, now is our job to, one, go out and get information, to reach out to every relationship that we have. My wife reached out to everybody on the, the uh, cast of Pose. Um, we're just trying to figure out as much information we can to make sure that we give our child the best opportunity to be, you know, her best self. Man, I, I just think that as somebody who's really rooted for him since I was a kid and really the reason why I, I love and love basketball, to see like a guy like him kind of go into his later years and, and do something like be an advocate for something so important and so cool when I'm sure that he didn't grow up knowing about that. And it probably wasn't until very recently that he learned about it. I just like Alex, I know we, we grew up with him. So like to see him be like this kind of dad in person is a really awesome thing. Yeah. It's been really cool to see man. Uh, you know, especially because like, there's still so much vitriol under the comments for whenever this stuff has come out, it's been a couple of different times now that it's been in the public eye and like, there's been even some heat fans with some weird takes, like trying to say that, you know, he's exploiting his kids for, for, for views and things for like clout? that. Like they're, they're saying that Dwayne, Dwayne is chasing clout is what they're alleging. No. And it's just like, it's such a, obviously a controversial subject and it shouldn't be, but, but it, it obviously still is like people still don't know how to, how to really talk about it, how to process things. And like, it's, it's really cool to see Wade go out there and be very publicly supportive of his daughter who formerly his son. And it's, you know, that's not something that everybody's doing. And like, think about where you yeah. come from. Uh, go, Sam. No, I was going to say, no, I, I agree with you guys. I do appreciate, you know, whenever someone with a platform that size is willing to take a stance to kind of just bring more empathy and understanding to the world instead of, um, well, 
the opposite. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I think that's really cool. You know, it's, it's just kind of like transitioning into the next phase of his life. You know, it's funny. It's like you think he's retired and then you remember. Actually, he's like a 38-year-old. He's not really that old. He, he can be in the public sphere for a long time. So it's really cool to see him going to this next phase of his career and get involved with activism and kind of showing uh, just a different side. It, it's it's amazing as you know, somebody who's who's watched and followed him like just Dwayne Wade the man is, is just as good as Dwayne Wade the player which is which is, I think that's what you want right like you don't want to cancel like say like Sam how how shitty would it be if like you if like the internet had to cancel Steph if you like yeah that wouldn't be fun it would be awful be like no if Steph wore a, a MAGA hat I'd have to buy one I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea around it I'm in too deep 